0: what animates you. I really do, I, I just I, I wholeheartedly believe that inside of each of us, there is something just truly incredible that is only getting to come out in such a small amount right now. And I think if if we just like really put a certain amount of time and energy into trying to let whatever that is out more, and i feel like excitement's one of those like cracks in its armor you know like that lets you can kind of see some light and maybe if you want to look at it like if you're trapped in the darkness when there's when there's like excitement it's like light that leads you out of the darkness you got to follow that light you got to like go into that like get out of this dark kind of small existence This is Way of the Artist
1: with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, 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 people, to Way of the Artist podcast. We've got another exciting one for you, and in fact excitement is the word it is the active word on this one if you gave it a click let excitement lead the way uh we had a nice little little preamble before we we launched into this one um i think that uh this could end up taking a lot of different little turns and twists um because we talked about a lot of different things and usually we find that they're all related in some way and they have a have a a strange pattern of coming back up in the conversation. But uh, this one, as you may have deduced, as the title implies, is all about how excitement is one of the most vital things that we are in relationship with on our path, on our journeys, as we make our lives works of art, as we pursue you know creating lives of of whatever we want to create how excitement is such uh an essential part of that how excitement is a guide and as we're saying how excitement is one of the things that we want to let lead us for a multitude of reasons which we're going to get into so Brandon do you got uh, anything to kick this off with, or anything you want to to say before we
0: we launch in? Well, Evan, <laughs> I think that you know we could all use a little more excitement in our life. I think that I think that's the big thing, and because I, 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 I'm realizing that more in my my own life, it's like going towards that excitement. It's easy not to. Weirdly enough, it's easy to almost not do that and i think one of the big things that i kind of want to venture into in this conversation is just well why don't i or why don't we as people go towards excitement and like what's stopping us and how do we do more of it and um how do we even figure out what we're excited about and like where to start like and and i think the other thing is and this is a little bit our pre-conversation kind of had a little bit more of this but The excitement that's like, there's kind of an intellectual part of excitement, which is like, that would be really cool to do, you know? And then there's the moment of like, it's, you don't even have time to think, you just have to make the choice that's exciting. And it's not like, I'm going to make the exciting choice. You're not thinking that in the moment because it's, it's too instantaneous. It's more of a trust the feeling, step into it kind of side of it. And I kind of want to uncover what both of those are and how they work and maybe how they are in relation to each other and maybe how to utilize them. Cause I mean, I think for me, I just want to walk away from this conversation and do more of that and embrace more of that. Cause I know I want to I <laughs> just know that I don't do it as much as I'd like to. And, uh, I'm actually wondering why. So that's what I got to start with.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the, you, you've kind of nailed it with just like, why, you know, like what, like, why don't we allow ourselves to operate? On our excitement as much as we would like why do we discount it why do we discredit our excitement you know it it's a funny thing that we have because i think that part of it is because we're always you know we're sort of conditioned to you know always think before we we do anything and thinking while a great tool, the mind is a terrific tool, the intellect is a terrific tool, but it's not the thing that we necessarily want to lead, right? Like it's not, uh, we were discussing this before where it's, you know, excitement is kind of that ingredient that allows us to step into the unknown, into the places where we don't know where we're going. You know, the excitement is is kind of that thing that helps us to overcome the fears that, that arise when heading into a new experience or even entertaining the idea of doing something that we've never done before, right? Because otherwise, we would just stay stagnant. We would just kind of, uh, what's the word, like subsist, mm-hmm. I suppose, Colonize. like, we, <laughs> is that the right use of the yeah. word? Um, Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, like we we would just sort of we would just sort of be comfortable all the time. And don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. You know, the temptation is still very, very strong in our lives to just sort of be comfortable. But that has that has its own issue of, you know, our lives become just filled with an intense boredom and and. Depression and a myriad of of other things when we don't allow ourselves to move on that excitement. When we do allow the fears to, you know, be the th- like our basically our intellects and our fears to to run the show because the intellect is going to do pretty much nothing but you know find problems. Actually, this was something that I was listening to a uh, to a podcast the other day and and they were talking about you know from what we know of our minds, the patterns of, of our minds as, as human beings and our minds love to just wrap themselves around problems. It loves to focus on problems and just, and, and that was the word that they used. And I thought it was so good. It's like, yes, it loves to just grab onto them, wrap around them and just, you know, and, and focus on these things. And when we're just simply focused on those things, we're not. We're not focused on, on solutions. We're not focused on, on the exciting elements of, or, and the possibilities of what could be.
0: Yeah. I like that. It's it's, we're not focused on the solutions a lot of the time. I think we are focused on the problems. I think that's, I think I, I really do think that's a big part of the whole issue that stops me, you know? And I think probably a lot of people can relate, but it's like, um, you know you're you're kind of like thinking oh i'd like to do this and it's like yeah but that and but this reason and that reason it's like i mean for example maybe to give some context i mean i love hiking and i've gone on some pretty adventurous hikes i think for myself but like there's some hikes that i'd like to go on or some nature explorations that are more uh, adventurous more out there more into the wild more um being self-reliant in nature and there's a certain amount of preparation that's required to do them. Like, cause you're going to be maybe gone for multiple days and maybe whatever. And maybe you're hiking into a place that has more wildlife or more elements to deal with. And what if you get injured or what if, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And the mind kind of constantly goes, well, what if, what if, what if, what if and it's like, well, you're not, and it's and it always kind of comes down to these things like you're not prepared enough or, you know, you need to do this first and you need to, and and it it creates this kind of, um, stagnant kind of thing where it's like, it's never, you're never quite ready, you know? And I'm sure there's so many other parallels. Like I'm just using hiking as like one example and the other weekend, I, it was snowing it's like, oh, it's snowing. And my, I was doing the same old shit that I've been doing recently. And I hurt my back. Um, I don't know if we shared that on the podcast, but I hurt my back and I recovered, but it's not fully hundred percent yet. And, um, it was snowing and I hurt my back and I'm like, fuck, if I go out there, like, what if, what if I slip? What if I hurt myself more? Um, you know, it's, what if I'm too cold? What if it's too wet? You know? And I just kind of was like, okay, we're doing it. We're just doing it. We're doing it. Just don't think about it. Do it. You know what I mean? It was awesome. It was just incredibly beautiful. And it was some of the most beautiful, um, I'd done that hike before, but I'd never seen it that way because it had snow all over and. I hadn't really done that exact hike. I I I kind of started that hike and it went into another way. But it created a, an incredible experience for me. And I realized as I was on it, I was like, you know, this isn't so bad. This isn't as cold as I thought it would be. And um actually I'm finding out that my back is actually in better shape than I realized because I'm testing it. And there's a whole lot of really great things that came out of it. And I felt so fulfilled afterward as I was out in nature, all of this. But leading up to it, I just want to stay inside, stay comfortable, stay warm, you know, do the easy thing. And I feel like so many things are like that, you know, it's like, there's this exciting thing I could do. And then there's a safe thing that this comfortable thing. And it's not like I'm making the safe choice in my own experience. It's just, it's just more comfortable, you know, and it's less risk to not do the hike. And so I feel like a lot of things are like that, you know, and you could parallel that to like the artist thing you're doing, like to paint this picture or to write this book or to uh, do this scene or this movie or like even to, in this very moment to, to say this thing or to to talk to that person that you're interested in, you know, all that is just risky. And there's a lot of time where it would be exciting, but also it's easier just not to, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, like it's, it's the intellect can give us all kinds of really great reasons as to not do something, but it will more often than not keep us on the sidelines. Yeah, it'll it'll you it know? can
0: kind of dominate us.
1: Yeah. The intellect. Yeah. You know. It it can absolutely dominate us or, you know, it can it can make us wait for longer than than we need to wait, you know, and and, and then miss you opportunities.
0: Wait. Yeah, and then you wait and you wait and then finally you do it and you're like why do I wait so long? <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I yeah. mean? Like that happens for a lot of things. It's like, "What well, I wish I just did this sooner, but like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that, you know, and sometimes you waiting is forever. Sometimes you never actually do it. You just end up waiting your whole life because you're never quite ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't tap into that, you know, sort of wild, spontaneous nature that is within all of us, you know, that thing that, that that part of us that really actually wants to step into that place that thrives in that place that wants to bring us to life and and light us up as we had kind of said earlier on you know those things that light us up
0: i love that that wild spontaneous nature like i really like that's in us and and how much of that is actually getting expressed you know and i think that's an important part of this conversation yeah
1: and you know, this is maybe something we've talked of. I know we've definitely talked about this before. I don't know if it's been on the podcast, but, you know, uh, and I don't remember where I heard this from, but I'm reminded of it now, which is let your heart lead and let your brain pick up the pieces. Mm. <laughs> I remember someone yeah. sharing that sentiment. I'm like, right. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with what we're talking about here. You know, it's like the heart, you know, plunges into that exciting thing you know and and that's the thing that that needs to lead the way and i i find the statement to be so true whenever i've allowed myself to you know operate from that place of just excitement and feeling and heart and that's exactly what happens. You move with it and maybe there's your brain's going like, oh shit, I don't know if we can do this. It's like, well, we're doing this and, and the brain's just picking up the pieces. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going through and it's like, okay, I can figure this out. I can figure this <laughs> out. I can, going back to our, our recent episode with, with Karen, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, I can figure, figure I can figure out. this yeah. out, yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> and you can, right. But, you know, that's, and then your brain will learn. It's like, oh, I guess I could do that. I guess that wasn't as scary or as dangerous as I thought, you know, I'm reminded of a, of a quote from Aristotle who said that fear is the anticipation of evil, right? Like fear is, is almost never the thing itself. You know, it fear. It's always of, of some anticipated things, some, some perceived things, some possible worst outcome that we're dreading that that may never come at all right um but yeah this is like so obviously just within that statement that place that can only come from the mind that can only come from the intellect that's the only place it's going to come from because the heart's not telling you oh this is what could go wrong and this is what could go wrong and this is what can go wrong the heart's just like you know, and the excitement is just like, go, move, move, move. This way, that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fear, fear fear, is an interesting thing because it's definitely a part of this conversation. I mean, I think fear, almost the more um, deadly kind of fear, I want to call it that, is like the mild fear. Not even this, like when you're really fucking scared, like you're like frightened, like shaking in your boots, scared. Like that's almost it's almost like a, like healthier because it's like real, you know, it's like,
1: and it's also very rare. Yeah. It's fair. And it also kicks you into action. Totally. Like when, like real moments of fear, there's usually not really thinking that's involved. Like it's just, you're, you have to, you're forced into action.
0: Right. And I think those mild kind, kind of fear, like that's a lot of thinking. That's like what you think about fear. You know, it's like, mild because it's like, well, I'm not really in danger right now, but I'm imagining myself in danger and then I'm anticipating it and then projecting into it and all this other stuff. And that's the stuff that's like kind of more deadly because not only is it not even real, but it just stops you. Like it just, it can just stop you dead in your tracks and um, you know, something i learned when i was younger was like (laughs) i I made an ass out of myself a number of times just (laughs) doing things but you know something i kind of was inspired to learn early on was don't think just do you know and and there's a lot of things where that is such good advice like for example you know um i just think like you know going and talking to someone that you're interested in is so frightening Especially if you've never done it. And if you haven't, if you really are interested in that person, or you've just put it in your head that they're out of your league or they wouldn't be interested in you, or maybe it's just talking to a movie star, or somebody you really respect, it doesn't really matter, but it can just make you paralyzed. You know, you're like, I just don't know what to say. They're, you know, what if they do this? You know, you don't even know what they do, but you just fear that sense of rejection. It could be making a sales call, you know, it's really anything. You gotta just like if it's a sales call, something I learned was just dial the number and let it ring and just sit there. And it's like, oh my God, why am I calling this person? You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it's like in the beginning. Um, uh, you know, say talking to uh, you know, a girl that I was interested in, and she's with um two or three of her friends. So I want to talk to her, but she's with a bunch of her friends. And it's like, I gotta not just talk to her, I gotta talk to her and her friends, you know, and it's like. And I just did it. And what I learned was once you get into the situation, once you get into that kind of like, if you want to call it the fire, you kind of like, you just start doing things that you might be surprised that you're even capable of doing. And and it's literally the feeling of riding like by the seat of your parents. It's like flying by the seat of your parents. You're just literally like, every moment you got to be so present and you got to just kind of respond and act and do your best. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes and sometimes it's going to work and whatever happens, you'll walk away and you'll have learned something and you'll be better for it. And I think that as I'm actually articulating all of this, I'm realizing the embracing failure as a part of the experience of life is so important because I think a lot of, Fear is a failure. And then there's fear of success, which is a whole other thing. But I think just for the time being, the failure part is like, well, well, what's the point? I won't even get what I want, but you can't think like that because if you think like that, that will stop you from excitement. It's like, maybe yeah. it won't work out for you, but just do it anyway, you know, and and you'll learn and you'll be better. And maybe if you do it enough times, it will actually work out for you.
1: Yeah. No, I think that just illustrates even further the point that we're making, you know, it's just like you've you've still just squashed the excitement, you know, the this this incredible um, this incredible force that that needs needs to be expressed, you know, like and I don't I, I think that for the most part, like excitement doesn't get us into that much trouble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit of trouble, but a little bit of trouble's good. You know, a little bit of trouble can can be a really good thing. It's it's again, it's like where we, you know, where we find our our limitations and where we are able to to break those and transcend those things is where we find a little bit of trouble for ourselves. It's kind of like, you know, Alan Watts talks about it as that element of of who we are that's like it's a little bit of salt, you know, it's a little bit of salt on the food too much, you know, and it ruins it, but you need a little bit, just, just a smidge of, of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And it gives, it gives this great quality of, you know, it brings flavor to, to whatever it's kind of applied to, you know what I mean? I
0: I think I, well, I don't want to get you off, but I think a lot of, um, a lot of this too is getting us close to the line the metaphorical line as you can it's like what is like what are my boundaries and boundary testing i think is such an important part of um doing what's exciting and letting excitement lead because um at first you don't know what your boundaries are and you just push them and you test them and you and like i think particularly like with um with people you know you kind of can see what you can get away with. You can find out their sense of humor. And like some of the best friendships are based on the fact that people push the line with humor and they figured out what was acceptable with those people. And, um, you know, a lot of comedians will do this. They'll they'll push that line where, um, you know, is this inappropriate to the point where they're trying to find what's funny in the inappropriate area. And a lot of the best comedians, they just, they figure out where that line is and they get so damn close to it and they walk it so well that we're just like, that's amazing. Cause that's true. And, it, and I can, I can accept that in the way you're doing it, even though it's like, Oh, I cannot believe you're talking about this. Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? And it's like for us to get into those areas, like those are territories that not a lot of people get to visit because they don't go out there and there's a lot of rewards out there you know, sometimes financially and in business and success and career. But like, I'm also talking about interpersonally with friendships and with yourself. Um, And it's this line, but sometimes you're going to go over it and that's okay. That's part of finding out where boundaries are. And then you you, you said the wrong thing. You were kind of an asshole or you're kind of an idiot or whatever you, whatever you call it, but it's like, okay, I realize I went too far. And now you pair it back, you know, and you're human. But, if you are too afraid to even ever cross over the line, I mean, it's just like that's comfort, that's the bubble, right That's the safe area,
1: yeah, you know what i'm I'm realizing is that you know another sort of operative word that that goes with with excitement is daring
0: mm.
1: you know, like excitement leads us to something daring, you know, and if we didn't have daring people, you know, we would be. We would be without tremendous pieces of art, tremendous advances in sciences and and technology. We would be without so many things, without people who dared. And what gives people the ability to do that? You know, because it's a hard thing to just say like, oh, well, you know, be daring. It's like, well what, what the fuck does that even mean? Like be daring, you know, it's like we were having a conversation about the problem of saying like, be interesting. Um, You know, daring is kind of (laughs) be daring is kind of like the, the same, the same type of situation, you know? And, and I think that, you know, the, the pathway to, to daring is, is do what's exciting, you know, do what's exciting for you. And and that will lead you to to places that are daring, that people will call you that for doing it. And you'll say, like, I was just doing it because it was exciting for me. You know, like for that, as you brought up comedians, it's just like, yeah, why do comedians walk these lines? Because it's exciting to walk those lines. It's exciting to test these things out. You know, like comedians do that all the time. They you know, they show up at little comedy clubs you know and they and they try some jokes out and some of them are like oh that one needs some tweaking that one needs some working that one just needs to be scratched you know like they don't just write something and then go up and do these big giant Netflix specials and whatever you know like that that material has all been you know tried and tested
0: and and you know there's stuff that that well most of it and then some of yeah. it you know but especially on a Netflix special like just for example like I think that a lot of comedians will have tested most of that. And what, like, I listen to a lot of Bill Burr's podcasts and I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, but Bill Burr talks a lot and Joe Rogan talked a lot about their comedy and how that works. And I don't mean to step in over this, Evan, but it's like, they talk a lot about how they have a bit and they try it out, you know, on like a weekday, right. For where they're not headlining that particular night and they see if it works. And a lot of time what they're finding out is, is this even funny to anyone else, you know, and can't, but there's, they see there's something there, but is it funny to everyone else? And then initially they can get a bit of a laugh out of that. And what'll happen sometimes, um, at least this is my understanding of it, um, is that a bit that works can become an entire thing. Like it can become 15 minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes of your bit, or it could become your whole show. And so it's kind of like you find the, you find that key thing that works, but you have to test that. Like you you have to find out some things don't work to find out what does work. And it's like, things can be built on that. And I think my point is, is like excitements like that. Like I went out and I'm transitioning here, but I went out on that nature hike in the snow and I realized like, Here's a silly thing. I realized my jacket was warm enough to be able to handle that type of weather. And it was waterproof enough to be able to handle that type of um, just wet environment. And I was like, oh, I feel way more confident. And I think confidence is such a key element to this whole conversation because you get a little bit of like, okay, this works. This is funny. Or I'm warm enough or whatever your thing is. And it's like you get confidence in that. Because you're like, okay, I, can, I have that. That's not everything, but it's enough to build on. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a big part of the excitement thing. You know, like excitement lets you get to a point where you have something to hang on to. You have a hold, and then you can go to that area, that territory, or at least that environment, and you can kind of hang out there. And then you could see, well, what else could I do? You know, where else could I go with this? But you need that first little like kind of like um, foothold or whatever you want to call it, grip, so that you got something and then you can go, okay, now let's play a little bit in this.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's like, I, I see it as 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 two things. It's it's almost paradoxical in, in that like yeah, it kinda gives you it kinda gives you a foundation to stand on, but at the same time it also it, it also allows you to completely it allows yourself to let go as well. You know, like it, it gives you kind of both things at the same mm. same time. I don't quite know how to articulate that but it's something that I've encountered you know definitely a lot with acting and with teaching actors you know this this thing of learning, you know learning that you have solid ground in a let go place <laughs> yes. you know when you're allowing yourself to just like be and to respond and to trust, you know, and and just go full force with with whatever it is that you've got, you know, It in that kind of let go space where you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, it, that which is an exciting space, you know, in that space, it's like, you find that it's like, wow, that this is actually where, in some ways, I gain my control. You know, like, that's the only way that I have any Sort of element that you might call control, and that's by not trying to control it whatsoever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I might sh- be
1: spinning some riddles right now, I, but I, don't, it's... I
0: actually don't think you are. I think you're like right on the money. It's it really is like that. It's like I think that letting go is the kind of the confidence experience, right? It's like, um, I know that like like, once you kind of get a grip or you get like a foothold, like, I mean, we're probably speaking metaphors and analogies here, but it's like, once you get that, then you feel like you can let go because you know that, you know, like you're going to be okay. And and that's the hardest part before you even yeah. get a grip is you don't know if you'll be okay. But like, um, I used to climb trees a lot as a kid and I climb super high. Like I climb like um, 60, 60, sometimes like 80 feet. Like I would climb super high on these trees and I would kept pushing like, and what gets hard about tree climbing is that, um, the higher you get on a lot of trees, the, um, a lot of time the branches get thinner and it gets more risky. And especially if there's certain trees, um, where it's not so much about height, but it's about the spread, they just get wider. And, the grips and you kind of maybe stop going up the main tree, start going up a side of the tree or a branch. That's like a big, you know, I don't know what t- type of trees those are called. Anyway, my point is, is that um, one thing I learned through doing a lot of tree climbing, because I remember there was a certain point on a particular tree We used to climb at my, my friend's backyard. And it was an awesome tree, but, um, we'd always climb to a certain height and that was about our comfort level. And then we'd hang out there and we'd climb back down. And then eventually, you know, we started climbing a little higher, a little higher. And I remember one day um, I went to hang out with him and he climbed up to this area that I was just like, how the hell did you do that? And it was just like, kind of blew my mind because it was kind of too frightening at that point. And eventually I did it. Eventually I kind of got the courage to come up there, but something I learned about tree climbing was you start to realize that, okay, well, if I got a handhold and a foothold, I'm okay. And if, uh, if I got two handholds, when it gets really dangerous, then I'm, if this breaks, if like, cause branches could literally break, you know, it's kind of frightening that way. Yeah. But I knew that if this branch broke, I still had my other hand on that one. So I was okay. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously this is a risky hobby, but, um, <laughs> you, I find the the confidence is kind of like that confidence is kind of like, I don't know if this is going to break, but I know I got my hand on something else over here. So I'm like, okay, even if it does break and When you don't have your hand on any branch and that's the only branch you have it becomes a lot more like oh i don't trust this you know and you have to get you have to get enough experience with being able to size up say for a tree for example to know the sturdiness of a branch and you just kind of start to get a sense for that like it's it's just an experience thing you kind of know that's a healthy tree that's a healthy branch that's a thick base it'll hold you know it'll hold Um, a certain amount of way they can kind of tell because of feel and look and whatever. But like, I feel like excitement's a little bit like that. You know, you start to, um, you start to know where you can go because you have an idea of what's possible in the initial stages. You don't know what's possible and everything's kind of frightening. So um, you should take lower risk to some degree, but you naturally would you know because it's like, you know on your day 1 you know you're not going to climb 80 feet into a tree i mean it's just probably yeah. not probably not you know but um most people the you know, odd
1: few will but <laughs> sure, not yeah. most of us
0: yeah and i think that's an mortals. i think that's an anomaly and and maybe there's a place and a time for that in certain scenarios where you just say fuck it go for it but um i think in the most case like it's a it's a boundary testing thing i think that's what i'm trying to get to you know, the, the excitement game is a boundary testing thing. You just kind of keep testing the boundary, test the boundary, test the boundary. And if you have some kind of a grip, you can kind of let go. You can kind of go onto something that you don't necessarily trust because you trust something over here. And that helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I want to come back to, because I thought it's such a, it's a really beautiful image and, and metaphor for everything that we've already been talking about um, and maybe a few other things. But this, you know, this, this image of climbing the tree, you know, if it were up to your head, <laughs> oh, yeah, if it were up to your, your head, if it were up to your mind, you're not climbing that tree. You're just not doing it. So what propels you to go up that tree? Well, cause there's something exciting about that. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah, there's a, a little element of danger to it. Right. And you know, maybe that excitement is only, yeah. Like, it, it'll get you up to like the first the first branch, you know, maybe the second branch, right? And then you're there, and you know what? And you feel good that you got up to that to that point, right? And but the, your your mind is so within that sort of experience of learning how to climb to that first level or two, you know, your intellect is picking up the pieces, right? It's like okay, I guess you I guess we're climbing this tree now. <laughs> Right. I guess I got to figure out how we're going to do this and do this safely without getting us killed. Right. And your mind does. It starts to figure things out. It's like, okay, well, if I've got my hand on on this branch and I got my hand on this branch, like everything that you're describing, that you're describing, it's like, okay, well, if this branch goes. I still got to hold on here with this hand and my foot's here. So I'm okay. And then, you know, and you start to figure it out. Your brain picks up the pieces while your excitement is is leading the way so to speak right Mm -hmm. and at the end of it you know you get the you know you get the the rush you get the excitement of of having challenged yourself of having you know uh put yourself into an experience that you know you didn't have i mean it's particularly if you know it's your first time climbing trees i think we most of us can relate to. It's like, yeah, like we all had our tree climbing phases, (laughs) you know, every now and then I guess I still climb a tree. Um, but, uh, I think it's just such a, such an apt metaphor for a lot of the, these elements that, that we're talking about here, you know, because yeah, like we, that the excitement is the thing that propels us up the tree, you know, with, uh, with, without it, we're always on the ground we're yeah. always on the ground.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing about excitement is this fun. And I think, that, yeah, I think we forget about that. I, I think that that's not what our brain is always going to be telling us when we're, when we're thinking about potentially doing the exciting thing. We're not always focused on the fun of it. And I know from, for myself, I mean, that's, that's just too often. Is that true? It's like, if it's almost like, I think that's what's sometimes good about having like a coach or a mentor or like just a really good friend that you can kind of like tell them like, I'm thinking about doing this. And they kind of remind you why it would be fun to do. And so all of a sudden you kind of more willing to do the exciting thing because you remember like, oh, this is fun. And that's something I'm working on in my life is just to remind myself of is I think the older you get, the more responsible you start to become, the more adult you start to be. And you stop thinking about fun as much and you start thinking more about responsibility and taking care of things and being accountable and just stuff like that at least i do and something i'm just in a practice of right now is like well as much as you focus on being responsible why don't you focus on having fun you know and and try and find a good relationship between the two because just because your responsibility is important doesn't mean fun should go out the window and same with just cause things are fun. Doesn't mean responsibility should go. I know. You know what I mean? But I think there's a, I think there's an important filter to be like, how fun would this be? You know, I feel like that's an important yeah. filter to that as adults, we should have in our lives.
1: I, I, I'm glad that you brought this up because yeah, this was, this is something about this conversation that I think is absolutely essential, you know, and I want to put a little twist on, on, something that you said there, which is that we are responsible to our excitement. Mm. We have a responsibility to that element and we don't see it as such. I think that, you know, like you're saying, you know, as you know, we get older, you know, it's not always the tendency. I mean, they, they, there's that saying like the uh, the the creative adult is the child who survive or is the child who survives or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Something like that, yeah, you know. Um, but as we get older, like we, we, you know, we. Ha- I don't think it's that we we stop. You know, it's not that excitement stops for us. It's not that we we're not excited about certain things, but it's that we we put a cap on it. You know, we de- we can devalue that excitement, which I think is is maybe one of the greatest. Sort of travesties about um, our attitude and our culture. You know, it's like it's like, oh well, that that all sounds really exciting, but uh, I'm gonna get back down to the real world. See, this is the 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 mind and the intellect stepping back in again. It's like, mm. but I'm gonna step back into the real world now. You know, and we're going to, we're just going to continue to grind it out. We're going to continue to (laughs) grind day in and day out because that's life. And it's like, and it's not, I mean, is it any great mystery why so many adults reminisce about their childhood so much about their teenage years? It's like, well, what, what, what was the difference? The difference was that you were acting on what, on exciting things. You know, you are allowing that part of yourself to, to take the driver's seat more often. And the good news is, is that you can still fucking do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have to take a little bit of time to get back in touch with shit. What does excite me now? You know, what are things that get me excited that, that, that light me up? What are those things? Yeah. You, you might have to spend some time reconnecting with it, but you are responsible for that thing. You are responsible for that thing because if you don't take responsibility for that thing, that thing is going to start to destroy you from the inside out. That's going to destroy you with depression. That's going to destroy you with boredom. It's going to destroy you with, you know, like work, you know, working your nine to five and then basically just checking out on the fucking weekend. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) This should all sound so fucking familiar, you know. But
0: like, shots fired, Evan. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. We, we got yeah, to no, tap you're back right.
1: into that excitement, man. Like that's that. It's 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 calling us to life. It's Dude. calling us to life.
0: Yeah, man. You just you just made a such a great call to action for everybody. I mean, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. But it's a big part of the spectrum that we cover, and we talk about, you know, what to do when you don't feel like doing anything and you know, how to get out of a funk. And we talk about this stuff. And it's, and some of our most listened to episodes are about that stuff. So obviously people are experiencing this shit. And I know I have. And I think that what you were saying is it's like, yeah, that's why we're responsible because it's so easy to get depressed and get in a funk and feel like, um, kind of, sometimes not so much physically, but just emotionally and mentally lethargic, you know, and it's like, that's why we have a responsibility to do the exciting thing, to have fun and to like, go for this stuff because, um, it's, it's just such a slow death if we don't, you know? And, um, I think I said shots fired because I think that there's probably a lot of people, including myself who heard that and they're like, yeah, when I don't do this, that's the consequence. And maybe you're even experiencing it right now and you can go, okay. And, and I, I really do think you, you get to those moments where you go, okay, no more, let's stop that. Let's try something different, you know? And and, I, and we had a conversation um, just a few weeks back, but we were talking a little bit about how you you only need to go a little bit into whatever it is that you're trying to do. You don't have to do everything today. Sometimes it's just a little tiny action into whatever it is you want to do just climb to that first branch climb to that second branch exactly climb that first branch that second branch maybe and it's like that is enough to get you started and i feel like such a hard shift from neutral into first gear in our minds but it's actually so easy like Mm -hmm. it's so easy but in our minds and we have to kind of just i think when you have enough of a a fire under your ass, enough of a consequence present, you're willing to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And I think if you like really emotionally and mentally recognize that, like, shit, not doing what excites me or what's fun is leads to depression, leads to this, leads to whatever negative stuff, you start to go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I think that's an important part of this is like that kind of fuck it. I'm going to do it is like, (laughs) I think we all need a little of that, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's just like just do it. Just fucking do it and figure it out when you get there, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, figure it out along the way. Yeah. You know, it's not about being, you know, it's not about being stupid. Mhm. That's the thing. It's like it's, it's not about being stupid. This is not about being, you know, um completely reckless with our lives and, and with, and with other people's lives and, and about, um, you know, about completely forgetting about certain, you know, certain responsibilities that, yeah, we, we do have to address, but I think that all we're trying to say is like, but don't make that what your life is about. You know, like a very strong caution against living our lives from that place, letting that be the thing that that leads us. Because, like I said, it doesn't lead us anywhere; it keeps us on the ground. Yeah, we'll 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 stay on the ground the the whole time. And and you know, it, it's it's interesting because to to allow excitement to lead the way. To, like that's something that we kind of have to again we, we we may have to reteach ourselves how to do that. you know but I think that it's something that's of, of vital importance to us like it's something that that should be way up on the list of our priorities of, of our focus, you know of of what animates us, in our lives you know like what what else could be a better you know instructor to us than than our excitement and yeah it it takes a level of courage it takes a level of daring to do it you know dare to be excited dare to live by your excitement
0: also like you said that like what animates you I really do, I just I, I wholeheartedly believe that inside of each of us there is something just truly incredible that is only getting to come out in such a small amount right now. And I think if, if we just like really put a certain amount of time and energy into trying to let whatever that is out more. And I feel like excitement's one of those like cracks in its armor, you know, like that lets, you can kind of see some light. And maybe if you want to look at it, like if you're trapped in the darkness, when there's, when there's like excitement, it's like light that leads you out of the darkness. you got to follow that light. you got to like go into that, like get out of this dark kind of small existence, you know, and who knows where that light will lead. But like, and don't worry about it. Like it doesn't have to be the end of the path or even the whole big journey you're about to go on, but sometimes just going into that can be enough to kind of get you. And I actually, i got to say this because it's been kind of coming up a few times for me, but I feel like a curiosity and excitement have a, a, a relationship too, because yeah. curiosity sometimes is, is what's exciting for me. I find I'm just curious. I don't know it. I don't understand it, but I'm just interested in it. And I find that. Um, it might not be as daring as like, say cliff jumping or, or like uh, tree climbing or, or something like that. But it's like, for a while I was really, really curious about video games. And I actually went into this and I learned a lot. I learned how to, I designed the level. I designed some, you know, some basically like some ways and atmosphere. I learned how to do all that. It was really cool. And I was really, really passionate about it for a bit and I might get back into it, but It actually opened my mind up to a whole bunch of other stuff, which kind of, and I I said that earlier on the podcast. I mean, I didn't know if video games were going to be like this big thing I was going to end up going into. I mean, they might still be, because there's still some interest there, but it's like, I'm glad that I followed it, the curiosity to that level. And I have this, um, you know, it kind of brings up another thing, which is we have another law, which is the law of appreciation. It's 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 such a big part now, like of my appreciation for video games, because now that I understand a little bit more how stuff's done. Sometimes I'm looking at a game because I did some level design. I'm like, how the hell did they do that level? Like, how did they design that atmosphere? Because I know kind of a little bit more what it takes. And then I find that I'm appreciating things more and that gratitude is such a great thing to have. So there's a very much a relational thing to just following curiosity and excitement because it does lead to a lot of other really good things.
1: Absolutely. I think that, um, curiosity, curiosity is like a form of excitement, you know, it's like, it is a type of excitement, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the, the, the door kind of cracked open of excitement, you know, or just like you see light coming through, through the, through the doorway and you're like, what the hell's out there? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it kind of brings you out. You got to peek out the door and go, "Oh, okay." And maybe you decide to head out. And maybe you're like, "All right, interesting, but maybe not." You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But like,
1: it's it can be it can be a gateway. You know, curiosity is like the gateway to excitement. Totally. <laughs> it's the gateway drug, <laughs> <laughs> which is curiosity. why it's a gr- yeah, yeah, it's a great place to start. You know, like if you're trying to reconnect uh, mm. to the, the, your excitement about life <laughs> of anything in life, curiosity is such a beautiful place to begin. Mm. What do you just have a kind of a curiosity about, you know, that, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and, um, and, and actually kind of like making me think about testing things. Like, you know, I was talking about, a little about testing a line, testing the boundaries, but yeah, like that's part of curiosity too. Like, can I, can I do this? Can I get away with this? Can I try this? You know, like, for, like, for me, um, going out on a hike, um, uh, one of the things that I was just concerned about was just being out there and just being too cold and wet and, you know, it was a big thing and realizing that my jacket, and it sounds so simple and it is, I think a lot of stuff is really simple, but just finding out that my jacket was actually waterproof and warm enough for me to be able to just handle that and. That I don't know. I feel like that's kind of testing. Got, there's a bit of curiosity there. And it's like, well, okay, now I kind of solved that. Now, now I feel like, okay, I could go farther and I would be more comfortable going a little bit. And this tool, this jacket I have, um, that it started with a certain curiosity, like, will this be enough? And now I'm like, Yeah, it will be enough. That's good, you know. Um, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of stuff's like that. I feel like it's like your curiosity is a lot to just. You just need to test it, you know. You like, yeah. do I like this, or does this work, or can I use this? And I think that's exciting at first, and then you kind of get the answer on that, and then your excitement opens up to a new spectrum of things, you know. Maybe uh, I don't, know, I, I don't. Know, whatever the the examples are endless, so I, I won't go yeah. any further. But well, you I, mean,
1: I I I I just want to like bring something out of of. You know your recent, you know hiking, (laughs) hiking in the mountains story. Sure. You know which is that, like you know again this illustrates, you know you went and did something because it's it's exciting to you. You know uh, at some level it it satisfies some some great need and desire you know from within you. But you know like we're saying, so you follow that excitement, and. Again, it's not like you're being stupid and reckless about it, you know, like, it's not like, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, and just for three days or something <laughs> out into the woods. No, that's not what you decided to do. Um, You know, you follow that excitement and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to wear a jacket, you know, my warm jacket, my warmest jacket. I'm going to wear, you know, my, my warmest boots that I'm going out, like, you're not like just suddenly gonna just check your fucking brain at the door yeah you know and just be stupid about it i think that that's it's like a weird thing like we we think that if we follow that excitement and we let that that we're gonna just do something so horrendously stupid like hey we 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 might do something kind of stupid but how badly stupid is it going to be to some effect you know it's like you're you're not like you're, you're not going out there, you know, in nothing but like your underwear and hiking out in the, in the snow. You know, some people do that, but they've worked towards that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, they started out doing other little things first, you know, like it's, I've been thinking about, you know, cause I live, you know, just a short distance from, from the ocean and one of my neighbors, um, goes down there. Like, I don't know, I think every week, goes down there and actually goes in the water. Like even during winter? Th- in the wintertime. You know, uh. does does like their Wim Hof breathing technique kind of thing. And uh, I was like, you know that I've never done that. And that's something that I think I kind of wanna wanna try. Now when I do that, I'm not gonna just, you know, haul down there in, you know, in in like a speedo. And just, (laughs) and that's it. No, like I'm going to, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to have a towel. I'm going to have a blanket. I'm going to have warm clothes and things waiting for me when I get out. You know, like I'm not like, there's, there's, there's certain things that it's like, yeah, of course, like I'm not going to be stupid, but you got to make that, that, that heart based decision of something that's kind of like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's exciting. I don't know why doing that. Is exciting. So part of it sounds really awful. Like I'm gonna get in the water. (laughs) I'm like, like that doesn't sound very nice at all. But there's some element of it that is really exciting for me. And I, you just kind of gotta follow it. It's not going to be a rational thing necessarily. You know, like sometimes it's gonna be really irrational. You can't find a really good reason as to why the hell you would do it. I mean. But it is funny because we will still do that. Like, we'll go and it's like, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of health benefits to going into cold water. And, you know, they've done studies. It's like you got to convince your mind that you should allow yourself to do this thing. <laughs> you know, as opposed to be like, ah, oh, let's let's do it. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, and I think there's also like a curiosity is like, can I can I do it? Can I handle it? You know, I think like sometimes we think of uh, exciting things as like they're always feel good but it's like a lot of exciting stuff isn't about feeling good it's actually about just like i mean i don't know like i did a triathlon is a triathlon? a triathlon so you do the swimming the biking and then the running and i was so frightened about the swimming because i'm like i'm not a very trained swimmer like I, i learned how to swim when i was young i have a pretty decent amount of swimming experience just from being in the water but um competitively, I'm like, I'm gonna suck and I might and I'm so scared. <laughs> my 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 biggest fear was that I was gonna get halfway like this is the beginning of the race. I was gonna get like halfway into the swimming and be like, have to wave my arms because I'm drowning because that's what you have to do. You have to wave your arms up like this. Yeah. And I was like frightened about that. You know, and in in a enough to do it, but not like not enough to stop me. But like I was like, okay, like that's you just gonna just don't fucking start drowning, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, which I'm sure is a
0: very real fear for a lot of people who are new to that type of thing. But I actually, um, weirdly enough, um, weirdly enough, I mean, side note, I guess I did well at the swimming, but I think the reason why I did well at the swimming was, um, to some degree, just kind of being responsible. And, And the way I was responsible with the swimming was, um, we had a, we had, um, I think every team had a, basically a person to say, like, these are the things you need to know about what you're about to do. And here's kind of keep in mind. Right. And told us, you know, safety procedures also. And this guy had won triathlons before. And, um, one of the things he said is don't gas, just don't, don't gas yourself at the beginning of the swimming, like just take it a little easier. So I really like, because I was really worked up about that when I really took that, you know, I'm like, okay, just don't, don't push yourself so hard that you're going to gas. Just, just slow and steady wins the race kind of a kind of mentality. Um, and, and a big part of doing a travel line for the first time is not as much about winning as much about finishing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I actually did really well in the race because I did slow and steady and it actually worked out all right. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, there is a responsibility to excitement, you know, and I think we kind of came, you know, come back to that. It's like, Like you said, you're going to go into this, um, cold water and do the breathing exercise and figure out if you can handle it. But it's like the responsibility is I'm going to bring some towels. I'm going to bring maybe my car down there so I can get warm afterwards. I'm going to bring a blanket or whatever you're going to do. Right. But that's the responsibility element in excitement where it's like, you're not just going to go willy nilly into this stuff. You're not just going to go and like, just, well, let's just see what happens. You know, like there's a certain amount of, I think. And, but it's just not too much responsibility. You know, it's like enough to be safe, but not so much that it's like mothering constricting, you know, <laughs> like you have to find, um I think you have to find a balance. Like for example, cliff jumping, I've done a lot of cliff jumping. Don't just randomly jump off of a cliff without checking like if there's water beneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then don't don't randomly jump off if you don't know how deep it is. You know, there's certain things that maybe you want to consider before you do it, right? And certain people will um maybe as they get more experience do more riskier cliff jumps, but the thing is is like in the beginning stages, like those are things that you know y- you don't need to be worrying about. You know what I mean? Like so I, I don't know. Like, I I mean, I'm just kind of saying like, there's a certain, there is a certain amount of ele- element of responsibility. Um, and that's where you're being responsible. It's like taking a risk with responsibility. You know, there's a certain amount of that I think that goes into this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: completely. There was one thing that, uh, you had brought up at the beginning. I don't think we, we talked about it. And in some ways I, I don't want to say it's, it's less important. Um, But I I think it's just because there's something simpler about its nature, but there's something useful about it, which is, you know, sort of these different ways in which excitement works. And we've been talking a lot about sort of like, you know, working towards doing something exciting, you know, and the Hmm. things that get in the way when it's not something that is like immediately actionable, You know, it within that very sort of second, that very moment. It's not something that that's doable, but it's something that requires a certain level of of thought beforehand, and and you know, creating that sort of scenario, creating the conditions for that thing to happen, right? Um, Because there is there's another there's another level, but in some ways it's more it's it's simpler in that it's when you're in the immediate action of excitement. It's when you are, you are just acting in the place of excitement and it's, it's happening, you know, like the spontaneous
0: spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like think of, I don't know, like think of, I'm just trying to like an example for people. Like, you know, imagine like just think of like a, a day that you spent that, that was perfect like a perfect day, or maybe it was a night out, you know, in your life or, or a vacation that you took. And, and just, I'm sure you will find that there was a, a quality of just sort of exciting spontaneity that was going on, you know, where it was just like, it's like, oh shit, this is happening. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And you're just allowing yourself to act from that place. You get kind of caught up in the momentum of excitement, you know, and, and so you just sort of allow yourself to live from that, that space. And I think it's important noting, because like, it is, it's sort of something you're caught up in, and you're just riding on that wave. So it's like, you know, you've already sort of checked the brain at the door, you're and there's such an incredible feeling that comes from you know, being and existing and acting from that place when you're caught up in that momentum. Uh, And I think that that's, like, that's just a really great way for us to reconnect with it and say, like, well, this is why it's important, you know? And, like, and I've had, you know, days or nights or, you know, things that I've been involved in where I've been in that space. And it doesn't mean that everything has gone absolutely perfectly, sometimes you run into like little hiccups, but you know, when you're kind of in that momentum, they're not really such a big deal. You know, like you can usually like you you move through these things and you and you carry on, you know, with the excitement. They in some ways, when you reflect on it, it just kind of was part of what made the whole thing kind of great. You know, it's like that little element of trouble that we were Mm. talking about before. It's like, oh, we ran into a little bit of trouble. That gave us a little bit of a challenge, but it kind of, in some weird way, propelled the excitement in a new direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certain part of excitement, which is like, um, it's spontaneous. And I mean, I'm thinking, I shared this story once on the podcast before, but I was thinking about this uh, camping trip we did in Hawaii. And we went down to this uh, beach and you had to hike down and then like the water comes in and kind of like cuts you off from the basically kind of getting back. And um, we were down there with a bunch of you know other teenagers, and um, it started to pour rain, like torrential, and uh, and we all had to build like a fort with the tarps and stuff, and we just made it work, and it was so bonding, it's so amazing. But everything was very responsive. It wasn't like, as far as I know, nobody realized that it was going to have a torrential rainstorm that night. We didn't know a storm was coming in. Like we were teenagers, nobody gave a shit, you know. But it's like. We're in that moment and the spontaneity of just dealing with it and working together um, was super exciting and super fun and one of the best camping and just hangout sessions I've ever had. And yeah, I feel like a lot of excitement is kind of like that, where it's not l- less intellectual and more spontaneous and it's just kind of your willingness to embrace the challenge that you face and not run from it or bemoan it. You know, You just kind of go, well, this is where I'm at, I'm gonna do it, you know? and um kind of actually goes back to our last conversation where we said whatever you do you know do it with dignity it's like we built that fort <laughs> with dignity mm-hmm. <laughs> a bunch of teenagers stranded on a deserted kind of beach for at least an evening in Hawaii <laughs> As a torrential storm comes in and we we made it work you know and it was incredibly fun um it was not how i saw that night going by any means but uh, There's something so awesome about it, and and there, that, that's another word that actually spikes for me is like awesomeness. Excitement leads <laughs> to awesomeness, you know, and I yeah. think that's that's something we don't get enough of in our lives. And you kind of have to do what's exciting to find awesomeness a lot of the time, you know. Yeah. Um, and awesomeness comes in often unexpected places in unexpected ways, but yeah. only by going through that kind of like little bit of curiosity or a little bit of excitement, do you actually find yourself there most of the time? Please?
1: Yeah. It's awesome is one of those words <laughs> that's like, I feel like it is such a terrific word, but like, because of its use, it's, it's sort of lost its impact. It's become kind of trivial, but it's a terrific word, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the root of it is awe. Yeah. Uh. You know, like some, awe, awe. like some, awe. it's awe, <laughs> Some, it's full of awe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, sometimes I like to use the, uh, and then of course there's awful, and then there's, um, mm. um, oh, but there's another, re- oh, awestruck or awestriking or something like that. Mm. Sometimes that's, uh, I like to use that because it kind of recalibrates the the root of that word that's just a little side side words 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 thanks project. Shakespeare
0: words 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 words. <laughs> words 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 that was Shakespeare <laughs> um hey man well uh you're not having a beer this uh this month at all right so... uh no I am
1: I am okay I, I had one you... on the last one it's just so, it's just a de-alcoholized or... beer yeah it's the same one because okay, you know there's right. not you know and I had to buy four of them and I yeah. uh... <laughs> oh, had to but they're good they're good man like uh, it's definitely it, it does it does the job you know of satisfying that that urge for beer but uh not giving me the uh you know the alcohol that i am just foregoing for for the month so almost at the end of it
0: now but good for you you know that um actually foregoing something is a practice in minimalism interesting enough i learned that today uh, mm. Sometimes part of minimalism and and just just getting clutter out of your life is actually just foregoing something, uh, not even a material thing, but like a um, something. Maybe you just eat too much pizza, <laughs> or right? Alcohol, whatever it doesn't matter. But you just forego that, and that actually creates a certain amount of what's my life without this thing? And you you actually by not having it um, develop a healthier relationship to it. If you bring it back in. Um, mm. Cause minimalism, a lot of people think is just about getting everything out, but it's actually about um, having better relationships to things in your life. That's a big part of what it actually is. is, It's from from what I've been learning about that philosophy. I love that. Yeah.
1: I love it. Um, That's really cool.
0: Maybe these conversations are a little bit like, if you want to really think about it meta, but like they're a little (laughs) bit minimalism too, because it's like, well, let's think about our relationship to this idea or this word or this concept, right? Um, you know, and, and maybe like bring it in to a relationship
1: a to ourselves, our relationship yeah. to, you know, to, to life, our relationship to all these things, what's necessary, what isn't, what can we yeah. forgo? What do we nurture? Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. And today we nurture excitement. Yes. Did you say your beer? I don't remember.
1: Uh, I, I, I mean, I'll just quickly say yeah, it. I'm So I'm drinking uh, red racer street legal IPA. Um, and it's, and, and it's, it's great, man. It's way better than the dealcoholized beer that I remember from, you know, the yes. old drama school days where we had to drink de stuff on stage, which was just garbage, just the oh, most yeah. heinous stuff that you can imagine. But this, <laughs> but this tastes like beer. This tastes like a real beer. And I'm like, oh, like it just tastes light. It's just light, but it has the flavor. So, you, know
0: what I, you know what I remember about that de beer uh, that you had to drink on stage if you were going to drink, like if you had to drink a beer? I remember I had to do a play where I had to drink beer and I had to drink a lot of beer in this particular scene. Like I was kind of, at least that's the way the director kind of wanted it to go. And I just remember being like so gassy, like like I wanted to burp. <laughs> <laughs> and like my, I just remember like it was just so, it was so like, yeah. And I, yeah, anyway, that was the thing. That, and I was like not great. <laughs> yeah. But um we've had we've had two really good reviews of that stuff so I think that's great. Um okay, here's my beer. Uh this is a hazy pale ale. And um it's Parkside hazy pale ale. Nice. Um this is really good, man. This is a solid beer. I actually um I actually have had a few of these over the last couple weeks just kind of like sipping them. And every time I pick this one up, I'm like, this is a really good beer. And it's good again, obviously, on the podcast. But I was excited to share it because I'm not not—I'm not sure if I've actually ever had it or one of us have actually ever had it on the show. But um, it's another solid beer and uh big winner. So Hazy Pale Ale by Parkside, I yeah. recommend.
1: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody, we're not sponsored by any of these people, but uh, we just encourage you to support your local craft breweries and drink safely and responsibly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've ever heard on the other podcasts, as part of our tradition to have a beer, it opened the conversation. And that's why we kind of keep the tradition going. So, and meanwhile, Hey, if we give a shout out to some of these craft breweries, well, there we go.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, I don't know if you've said everything you need to say, um,
1: I I mean I don't have anything that's that anything new that's that's bubbled to the surface. So I, I think uh you know I'm I'm ready for some closing comments.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I feel I feel like I'm really happy that I feel like this conversation opened up a lot of things that um kind of gave me some clarity on this whole thing and I, I don't think that I knew them coming into it, but they kind of came out naturally from the organic part of this conversation. So I'm really happy about that. Um, I don't have anything else new to add. I feel like we covered a lot of really great stuff. I mean, I, I would just say, um, you know, let me close and say from my side and say, um, something I learned in philosophy was, um, our beliefs are very, um, they're very malleable, they're very flexible. Um, I think when you get too rigid about your beliefs or how you see the world or or, or, um, just kind of like you get in a pattern of doing the world a certain way kind of becomes a belief. I think sometimes you need to kind of like review it and kind of break it open. And a good example that I learned from one of my philosophy teachers was um, kind of the idea of a fallacy in belief, which is, um, you know, one very common saying is leap before you look. Or look before you leap. <laughs> totally yeah. said it backwards. Look before you leap, right? For that one. Look before you leap. Right. Obviously, there's a lot of ways in which that's important. But another saying, which is very common, and a lot of people say this, and often a lot of people know it, is he who hesitates is lost. Those contradict each other. And I think the point that I want to make is that neither are right and neither are wrong. There's a time and a place for each. Sometimes you need to look before you leap. And sometimes he or she who hesitates is lost. And you need to decide, am I hesitating too much and I'm lost? Or am I being too reckless and I'm not looking before I leap? And you have to find that line. And I think that a lot of this conversation, I want to leave people kind of Embracing the idea of letting excitement lead them. And at the same time, realizing you don't have to climb the entire tree day one, you can climb one branch, you know, and that's a certain amount of risk. And then you can kind of go a little further and go a little further if if you want to keep pushing by all means. But I would hate for someone to say like, well, you told me to go for it. And it's like, I do say that a lot. But at the same time, when it comes to your health and it comes to like, just certain things, I think you've got to be responsible. And I think that's important, but the best life is in excitement, the best life's in curiosity. And so, um, find a balance and find that line and try to get as close to it as you possibly can. That's, that's the thing I would leave everyone else with. And I'm going to walk away with myself.
1: Beautiful. I think that I'm just going to leave it with, For me, kind of what was what was sort of my what was just my own discovery in this conversation, um, which is the most exciting for me, (laughs) which is this notion that we have a responsibility to our excitement Um, because it really is it's it's that wild force of nature that that lives within us that propels us and compels us to life to to really living fully so we have to honor it and we and and i just i don't know something about this idea of we're responsible for that thing we're responsible for this thing that is absolutely precious it is precious and we need to and we need to treat that excited wild nature of ourselves as something precious and we need to take responsibility for it and we need to to allow it its rightful place in our lives and i can't see anything but good things coming from that so that's it for me Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe,
0: leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.